the Dating While Adulting podcast, the greatest podcast ever made, if we may say so ourselves. Go to datingwelladulting.com for access to everything related to the podcast. That's our Twitter, our YouTube, blog, information about the hosts, etc. So with all that being said, let's get to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming back like you always do. I really appreciate that. Tell 50 friends to tell 50 friends like I always say I say it now and then. Also reach out to me at Michael at datingwhileadulting.com and I'll respond and do whatever people do when they email me. Anyway, let me start off by talking about Amber Rose. And before I even start talking about Amber Rose, right before I started recording, I saw something that really made my jaw drop and it made me sad, but strangely encouraged at the same time. I'll get to that at the end of the show. But for those of you that don't know, Amber Rose, she hit the scene when she started dating Kanye West. And there I go again, mentioning Kanye on yet another one of these episodes. And on a side note, can you believe that that boy is having yet another listening party? But this time in Chicago, I guess he milked enough money out of Atlanta, suckers like myself who went to the first one. Matter of fact, I thought Atlanta was the only place that had such gullible people, but obviously, obviously not. But at least people in Chicago, they have the benefit now of knowing what they're getting when they spend all of that money to go see him listen to an album that's changed 48 different times. People in Chicago listening to this. Be forewarned. (laughs) Be forewarned. It doesn't end well. Anyway, that's my public service announcement to the people of Chicago. Now that you've heard this, go at your own risk. Do what you do. But anyway, anyway, going back to Amber Rose, though. Um, Kanye started dating her. And from that moment on, like many people in this day and age, she became famous for being famous. She's also known for having been married to Wiz Khalifa. Nothing significant happened during that. But she's most famous, well, I wouldn't say most famous, but she, the most significant thing that she has done in her career was she's the one that started that slut walk thing, which was basically a march that was led by women and her. And the whole thing behind it, hopefully I'm getting this right, is that they were taking control of their sexuality. I don't know if they still do that. At least I hadn't heard about it in a minute. And in this and in this era of COVID, I seriously doubt that people are going to be marching to protests and take control of their sex, own sexuality or anything else for that matter. Probably just need to stay your ass out of the streets and put a mask on. That sounded really judgy. I'm sorry. This is the no judgment zone. But with that said, I noticed Slut Walk and all of that. It was the butt of a whole lot of jokes. I do honestly, like I said, feel that there was some merit to it. I always did kind of think it was unfair that men were seen as the more sexual of the genders. Boy, I tell you what, as I'm getting older, I'm finding that that that's definitely not the case. And women, if they did have sex with more than one person in five years, they were branded as sluts or whores or whatever. And in 2021, it's still so odd that we as a society still play by those rules. Hmm. 
And what's more odd is that women who really do have the power in these relationships, that they would allow themselves to be played uh, by those rules. It reminds me back in the day when I was dating a woman and I stopped seeing her because she told me that she slept with over a hundred women. And actually she didn't say it was a hundred. She just said it was in the triple digits. So in theory, it could have been 400. So that shows the hypocrisy of me. Um, I couldn't see her after that because I just envisioned all of the dudes that she had been with. I couldn't mess with that. With that said, on the flip side, I never heard a woman say, I stopped seeing that dude because he just slept with way too many women in his past before he met me. Now, maybe there are women that say that. I just hadn't heard any of them say that. And just saying that it just sounds funny that someone would say that. But if guys can say that about a woman, why can't a woman say that about a dude? It's fair, it's fair. The point is the hypocrisy of it all, even though, like I just said before that, when I dumped the woman who was in the triple digits, yeah, I was part of the hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird to me. And furthermore, it just shows how we have to, how far we have to go to get away from all of this traditionalism that I always rail against. So that's Amber in a nutshell. So she was in the news over the past week because she posted on Instagram. <laughs> of course, she posted on Instagram because that's what everybody does. They go to Instagram to air out their personal issues. Why keep it private when you can go to Instagram? I guess you can get some likes for it. I don't know. But anyway, she posted on Instagram that her boyfriend and the father of her relative newborn, the kid was 22 months old. So I was still young kid young enough to be a newborn still when does a baby stop being a newborn anyway it's neither here nor there the her boyfriend it cheated on her and to be even more specific about it her boyfriend cheated on her with 12 women I, i don't mean to laugh at that it's just funny it's like one two five no 12 exactly Like I said before, it sounds like a personal issue. And honestly, I have no opinion on that because it's a personal issue and because this is the no judgment zone. But feel free to make your own judgments. But just not here, because like I said earlier, just a few seconds ago, this is the no judgment zone. But what was interesting to me was his response. Fairness and equal time, I guess. He went on Instagram live. And of course he did, because again, that's where everybody goes to air their personal issues. God forbid you keep that stuff private, but who am I? Anyway, he went on Instagram Live to say, and I want to get this quote right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just for I don't know. For whatever reason, I was about to start to try to read the quote in this voice. And then I was like, nah, that's kind of foul. Then I started to try to read the quote straight up. And for whatever reason, it's just funny to me. Okay. But anyway, he said, quote, (laughs) sorry, I'm sorry. He said, quote, I thought 
shit. I got caught. I got caught before. You know what I'm saying? And she's just had enough, obviously. I love her, though. That's like my best friend, the mother of my son. I love my stepson, too. But I like women. <laughs> then he went on to continue to say, at the end, I don't think anybody can be happy or successful if you're not truly yourself, whether other people understand it or blame you. It's just who I am and it's not how she wants to be loved. Well, I'll be damned. That was interesting to me. And that's the first thing that I took from that, that I, that I was impressed by his candor. Now, with that said, that candor probably would have been more impressive if, if it had come before he cheated. And if he had had that conversation, that candor with his wife. But with that said, that's neither here nor there. But what do you do? Okay, so despite what some women might, despite what some women might think, I'm sorry, that quote just cracked me up for some reason. Uh, I believe that a man can love a woman while cheating on her. Now, there is a counter argument to that, which says, how could you love someone when you knowingly hurt them? That's fair. But guys don't often think like that beforehand, like, how much will what I'm doing hurt the woman that I love? They don't think like that beforehand. Guys, they'll feel a certain guilt afterward, but again, not beforehand. Like some people used to always say, um, they think with the little head before the big head, and then they think with the big head after. Either way, I'm not condoning it. Please don't take this as my condoning it. I'm just explaining what goes on in some guys' minds. Take it for what it's worth. So that was the first interesting part, his candor. Okay, we'll set that to the side. The second interesting thing, or at least to me, was his saying, that's like my best friend. The word like is the important word in that sentence because being quote unquote like a best friend is different from being a best friend. If you go back to the solo poly best friends episode that I don't know, go back. It was a couple of weeks ago. And if you hadn't heard it, go back and listen to it right after this episode. If you have heard it, just follow me. But if you go back to that episode, you'll hear my views on couples um, being best friends and why that's not really possible. Well, it's possible if you don't have any other friends, but for the rest of us with friends, the most you can be is like a best friend with your spouse or significant other dudes that dude um amber's um boyfriend whatever you want to call him uh, that dude's actual best friend wouldn't have cared that he slept with 12 women his actual best friend wouldn't put such constraints on him to only sleep with one woman okay the next thing that was interesting to me was when he said quote at the end I don't think anybody can be happy or successful if you're not truly yourself. That's a great point and is very true. 
The problem with that, obviously, is that he probably should have discussed who he truly was with Amber before getting into that relationship. But oftentimes, men, for whatever reason, we feel like we can suppress that part of ourselves. Like, we convince ourselves that we can only have sex with one woman for the rest of our lives. Lives that can last multiple decades. Now, I'm one of those people that thinks that um, I can go the rest of my life having sex with one woman as long as we're of the mindset that we're going to keep it fresh, keep it popping. And I don't like to think of myself as someone who's trying to convince himself that he can suppress something. I honestly believe that about myself. But a lot of guys, either they just don't think about it or they just feel like by some magical thing that they can just, I don't know, just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, some introspection is probably needed by us men when it comes to spending the rest of our lives with one person and never another. Okay, so the last quote that I'll mention that was interesting to me was when he said, it's just who I am. And it's not how she wants to be loved. Yep, you have to be who you are. And that's the problem with so many of these relationships. They rely too much on BS terms like chemistry and not enough on logic. You know, I've always believed that relationships to be like should be like contracts. And while that might be too sanitary for some people and topics like sex and monogamy are usually just assumed and not fully discussed. Man, people need to set those feelings of butterflies aside and focus on specifically what you want from that other person, what you expect from that other person. There is, there's no other arrangement in life in this world of any kind that someone will enter into without knowing and agreeing on specific terms. Instead, and when it comes to love and stuff like that, everything is just assumed, hoped for. It, I don't mean the profile as I'm about the profile, but but looking at Amber's dude, I, I wouldn't have imagined him to be the face of faithfulness. So that makes that contract all the more important, just a clear understanding. And I wonder if they had a real conversation about monogamy beyond the standard. If you cheat on me, I'll cut your dick off. I'm guessing that they didn't. I'm guessing that most people don't beyond that conversation. And I never heard of someone asking another person seriously, besides me, of course, because I ask women this. Do you really see yourself having sex with only one person for decades until you die? And that's why the poly relationships are gaining more and more traction, because more and more people are asking themselves and their partners that very question. Now. I know it sounds like I'm some kind of advocate for polyamory as much as I talk about it on this joint, but it's not necessarily about polyamory itself. I use it as an example of finding a better way of making relationships work. Like if Amber had asked him honest questions beforehand, or if dude had been upfront about what he could and couldn't tolerate beforehand, in this case, being with only one woman, regardless of how fine that one woman is, and Amber Rose is fine, even though 
now she has like a tattoo across her forehead. <sighs> Boy, I'm sorry. That's me. That's me starting to get a little judgy. I don't mean to, but yeah. Boy, I tell you what, she better do a good job of staying famous, being famous, because boy, I can't imagine walk, her walking into an interview with a tattoo across her forehead. Oh, boy. Th that would be something. It's funny. And that speaks to like my age and the dem demographic of this, um, of this podcast, because only people my age and in this demographic looks at tattoos in terms of can you get a job with that tattoo <laughs> oh boy <laughs> anyway anyway if they if they had been up front with each other we probably wouldn't be seeing these competing instagram posts about their personal business which is none of ours but we all should be who we are but in being who we are, it's kind of important that we share that information of who we are with our significant others, at least before they find out themselves, like Amber apparently found out when she went through dude's text messages. I, I think she went through his phone and found text messages and stuff like that. Whoops. So that's all I have to say about that. I just found that interesting that um, not that dude cheated. Who cares about that? But just his rationale and explaining it after the fact like hey i did it i like women i it's who i am it's like gee yeah that would have been important um news to share but anyway it's neither here nor there i want to end this on a few things one in the back breaking sex episode I talked about Trevor Bauer's legal issues and the unique circumstances that surrounded that case. And there was something that just happened. And I just wanted to provide an update just because I had already talked about it. And if you didn't listen to it, that's a great incentive for you to go back and listen to that right after you finish the episode of the Solo Poly Best Friends episode. Just go back and listen to all of them and then tell 50 friends to tell 50 friends. Even if you listen, go download it again. Go download it on a different platform. Whatever you do, do what you do. But anyway, the judge denied his accuser's restraining order claim and said something that was really interesting to me. What she said, the judge, that is, if we are to believe a woman when she says no and that no means no, shouldn't we also believe her when she says yes? And that was in response to a text message that the accuser sent to Trevor Bauer saying, quote, give me all the pain. And he definitely did that. Again, not going back into the specifics. You can go back and listen to that episode and get more details on it. But I just found that incredibly interesting that the judge, a female judge, said that. And whether the sex was consensual or not, that boy has some issues. <laughs> that boy has some issues. What a strange world we live in, though. The next thing I want to talk about is 
I saw that Robert De Niro has a new girlfriend. And when I saw that, I was like, isn't he married? (laughs) And the reason that I was familiar with his marriage, because I remember that his wife was black. And well, from doing a little searching, I found out that they had gotten divorced in 2018. How that got past me, I have no idea. And they got divorced in 2018 after being married for, you guessed it, 20 years. Another 20-year marriage bites the dust. I go on a couple episodes without mentioning one, but here we go. We back in the groove. That man was 78 years old. He is 78 years old now. He was 75 when he got divorced. That man can barely walk. But I guess he can do enough of something to have a new girlfriend. Hopefully that something is just more than spending money on her. And she doesn't look like she's anywhere near 78. I think she's like a Tai Chi instructor, yoga instructor or something like that. But it goes back to what I was saying about like Jim Belushi. I just can't wrap my mind around a 75-year-old man getting divorced after 20 years of marriage. It's like, what are you doing? Y'all, y'all really can't work that out. Matter, I'm, I put him in the category with Jim Belushi, but he puts Jim Belushi to shame. But maybe it's something I understand when I'm 75 years old. And the final thing that I want to bring up, which I referred to earlier in the show that really bothered me and I'm conflicted by it is that I just happened to look right before I started recording and saw that um, Dale and Sonia Curry are getting divorced. As I look at a picture of her right now, Um, being distracted from what I'm supposed to be talking about, but they're getting divorced. They are the parents of Steph Curry, Seth Curry, both in the NBA, Steph is obviously the better player than Seth. He's the older brother. And Steph Curry is the first NBA player to get multiple $200 million contracts. God bless America. That man will be paid almost half a billion dollars by the time his career is over. God bless America. But his parents are getting divorced. And They've been married. It doesn't say how long they've been married, but they were married back when Dale, who used to be a player himself, when he was playing and long enough that they had those two children. Both of them are in their 20s and 30s. So they've been married, I would guesstimate, over 30 years. And now they are getting divorced. I say that I'm conflicted about that because I value Black love. And even though I talk about these long-term marriages and divorces, not because I root for them, but because I'm just trying to understand why you can't work something out after all of those years. So that bothers me. But the reason I say I'm conflicted is because Sonia Curry is the finest athlete's mother I think I've ever seen in my life. As I as I stare off at the picture of her, I you shoo, I tell you what, she puts the the F in MILF. That is that is a fox and a half. And I say I'm conflicted as if now that she's divorced, I'm gonna run into her or something. Like she's gonna listen to this joint and be like, you know, Michael. My divorce is over. 
I need a date. What are you doing? But it's the way that a man thinks. A man thinks he might have a chance with any woman, even though I'll probably never see that woman as long as I live. But boy, oh boy, oh boy. If you all could see what I'm looking at right now. Anyway. (laughs) That's it for me today. I I am appreciative of you all stopping by for yet again, another one of these episodes. Uh, I said everything that I wanted to say about telling 50 friends, email me, check me out on any platform that you can find podcasts, your Google, your Apple, your Spotify, your um, Amazon, your Odyssey, Stitcher, all of those joints. Um, nobody watches the YouTube, so whatever. But people are downloading though, so I appreciate that. Thanks for coming back as I ramble, and I guess I'll see you in a few days, or you'll hear from me in a few days, or you know how I go, how it goes. Um, before I go though, Reggie, you got something to say? What's up, man? Oh, never mind. Reggie's not speaking. So. Goodbye, y'all. Have a good one.